Now, home is a lot of work. Just plain work. When work at home is planned and organized for cooperation, there can usually be more time for leisure. I'm certainly in favor of those things. Leisure, fun. Who is it? Wouldn't we all be happier if we worked out a little system for living together in harmony? But how can we manage them? We'll have to work out the full answer together. Say, Mom, this well. Family problems can be solved through frank and friendly discussion, which points the way to a happy family life. You know, this is beginning to be quite a family project. It certainly is. Well, I thought we'd try that video again this week. Remember, that's the silent one last week. And, and so that's how you guys work things out, don't you? You sit around the table and smile, and boy, this is going to be great. Yes, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, welcome to Faroad again. Uh, this is May 5th, my dad's birthday today. He turned 78, and uh, very thankful for my dad as, as we go through this series, Doing Family Better. Uh, my dad was a great example for me to follow, and I appreciate that so much. Last week, we talked about doing marriage better. Uh, this morning, we're talking about respect. I, I called it better respect, and, and it's about having respect for others and uh, teaching our kids to have respect for authority, for others. Um, and the Bible actually has a lot to say about this, as it does about most uh, relevant topics, and we're going to look at some of those. But, um, you know, teaching a child to respect others should begin at a very early age. And there, there was a study uh, not too long ago with some interesting research. It was done by Dr. Eric Sigmund from the Royal Society of Medicine in the UK, and it detailed the alarming rates of child depression, teenage pregnancy, violent crimes by adolescents, uh, among other things. And Sigmund's research found that even young children are becoming increasingly violent and disrespectful towards their, their teachers, their parents. Uh, there's parent battering uh, going on is on the rise. The, the, how they treat police officers is different. Um, they've been attacked more by even young kids. And so his research pointed to one primary cause for all this, and that's a generational lack of respect for authority. And he titled his paper, The, S the Spoilt Generation, S-P-O-I-L-T. And he believes that we live in a, a day where, where children believe adults must earn their respect, kind of the opposite. And he believes that in our attempts to empower our children, and along with kind of the lack of discipline in the home, they've led to rising levels of violence at home and at school and on the street. Uh, he also believes that many children thought to have attention hyperactivity, attention deficit hyperactivity diso disorder, ADHD, might actually, some of them anyway, just never have learned how to behave. So um, I, I think it's interesting stuff. But a few years ago, there was an interview on National Public Radio, and, and uh, they were talking to a juvenile court judge, and he said that he had seen violent juvenile crimes triple in his court in recent years. And the reporter asked him why he thought that was happening. And he responded like this. He said, first kids lost the admiration of authority. Then they lost respect for authority. Now they've lost their fear of authority. And so kind of scary stuff. So even if all this is true, you know, why are we talking about this on a Sunday? Uh, what's the big deal? Um, well, I, be I believe that if we are taught to honor and respect others, uh, it will actually help us 
to be able to learn to honor and respect God better. And, and this is something that, you know, really all of us need to keep learning uh, throughout our lives. Okay, this isn't just parents and little kids. I think all of us need to keep uh, reminding ourselves we need to respect others. We need to treat people well. Um, even in hard circumstances, I want to read a passage that, that's kind of hard to, to think about sometimes. It's Romans 13, 1 and 2. It says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. And then moving down to verse 5, it says, Therefore it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. And the big question is always, well, what if it's a bad government? You know, what if it's an evil government? But you remember who was in control at that time when this book would have been written? Well, yeah, Rome. We talked a lot about this in the book of Revelation, remember? There's this evil Roman Empire and God has allowed evil governments throughout history to, to be in place. And, uh, you know, in Revelation, remember, we talked about he's allowing it, but it's not going to be forever. There's going to be a point where he says no more. Um, and so we still need to respect uh, our governments when we don't agree with them. And, you know, it's not about agreeing with everything um, that they do. This is about honor and respect and, and being a Christian example in that. And this respect for authority uh, should be rooted in the home, okay? This is where it starts. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and introduction, uh, instruction that comes from the Lord. So the key, I think, for all this happening is the, that last verse there. Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Okay, not, not from the world. That's not where we're getting our instruction from. It needs to come first from God. And, and I think it's, to be honest, it's very hard today uh, for parents to teach uh, your kids to respect authority well because there's a lot of things going against you okay our, our culture has become very anti-authority very anti-discipline um, i heard about an article recently from a, a so-called child development expert uh, who said that you shouldn't do any disciplining at all as a parent and I, i'm guessing this expert had no children but but <laughs> But he says, not only should you not spank a child, you shouldn't send them to the rooms or put them in timeouts because that suppresses their emotions. The goal is to talk things through with your child and to understand them and understand why they did what they did, to make sure that the child feels heard. Um, it's about acknowledging and understanding their feelings. Oh, that's crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, there's no way. That, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, I saw this kind of thinking in action uh, firsthand at, at Walmart Neighborhood Market a couple weeks ago. And I was just in there uh, by the fruit and vegetable section, and they came in, and the kid just, you could see, ran, in, ran into the store, immediately goes to the banana section that are right there and starts playing with the bananas. And, and the mom said, honey, I love you, but can you stop playing with the bananas, please? And 
So, you know, he just kept doing whatever until he switched over to the scales by the bananas and he starts hanging on those. And she said, honey, I love you, but can you please get off the scales? And he's like, no. And then she just smiles and he gets done with that. And and, uh, so I start kind of following him through the store because I'm amazed by this. I want to see what the, so I'm just kind of acting like I'm buying whatever they're buying. And I know my mouth is probably doing the. <laughs> so he keeps doing that, and then they get to the toy section. There's a little toy section there. And, of course, Mommy, I want a toy. I need a toy. And she's like, honey, I love you, but we're not going to get a toy today. She said that before every, every time. And so he starts throwing a fit. And she said, well, honey, I love you. I, I'll get you one toy, but only if you're a good boy. And so... I went over to him at that point and said, Honey, I love you, but I'm going to spank your hiney right now. No, I didn't say that. I didn't. I just thought it very... I was throwing my thoughts that way. But, um, so, here's the thing. I, I'm not trying to upset anyone this morning, but, but I want to share a few things that, that probably go against what a lot of child development gurus teach these days. Uh, one of the keys to developing healthy respect for authority, I believe, is through discipline. And, and so I want to flesh that out a little bit. It's on the back of your bulletins if you want to follow along. Godly discipline is extremely important. Okay, here's the thing. Not only does discipline shape behavior, but it also shapes character. Okay, it means that discipline, it's about directing and leading and forming and molding a child's inner self. And it's it's really not as much about punishment. It's not as much about punishment as it is about correction. Okay, you want them to know why they're doing this. We want to give, uh, teach our kids to have that proper honor and respect. And I think when they're doing that, like I said at the beginning, it's going to help them to be able to honor and respect God. Now, as we read through Scripture as parents, um, it is assumed that we, we love our kids, okay? Um, it's the same just like God loves his kids, us, right? Okay, so uh, if we look at Hebrews 12, 5 through 7, I'm going to grab a drink. This kind of addresses this, so 12, 5 through 7. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? So why does God discipline us? He, lo- he loves us, right? Yeah. And, and so why do we discipline our children? Same thing, because we love them, and it's not always easy. Uh, But parenting, it's not just about managing your children or supervising them or or making excuses. It's about helping them to develop into the people that God wants them to be. Okay, so this is really important. And and believe it or not, our kids actually yearn for boundaries. They want them. They don't know it, but they do. They do so much better when our kids have boundaries. And and uh, also, th- this is a newsflash for some parents, but your kids do make mistakes. 
that they do. And they should pay the price for those mistakes. Our society has wanted us to kind of buy into the lie that, well, it's never your child's fault, okay? It's always somebody else's fault. It's your teacher's fault. It's another kid's fault. It's a coach's fault or whatever it is. But yet sometimes it is your kid's fault, okay? Uh, when I was in fourth grade, I got in a fight with Dana Arns on the playground, and it was pretty muddy that day, and neither of us really knew what we were doing, uh, to fight, so we ended up kind of just wrestling on the ground, and uh, there was a mud puddle, and we ended up wrestling into the mud puddle, okay? So obviously, we ended up in the principal's office, and I had to call my mom, mom, can you bring me new clothes? I got in a fight, and so I knew I was in trouble, but so mom came, brought me clothes, and uh, I was in trouble. I mean, I was in trouble with the principal, and I, I should have been, and, and I was in trouble at home, Okay, they, my mom didn't try to make excuses for me, and I got to spend quite a few recesses inside Miss Tone's office, who was about 140 years old at the time, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> and so I got to know her pretty well in the next couple weeks, but when my daughter, Olivia, uh, was in third grade, I think it was third grade, around there somewhere, it had been raining at school, and uh, they were out on the playground at recess, and there were some worms you know, that came up, and a boy had picked up one of the worms, and he was going around, you know, telling people to eat it, eat this worm, eat this worm, I dare you to eat this worm, and, and so he got to Olivia and said, eat this worm, and, and she said, you eat the worm, and he did, <laughs> <laughs> because boys are dumb, you know, that, uh, and so she ended up in the principal's office because she told a boy to eat a worm, and so we got a call from the principal, and and uh, while I was kind of laughing a little bit inside and, and a little bit proud that she stood up to this boy, um, and I was thinking, well, that boy's an idiot, but uh, we didn't make excuses for her, and, and I, I don't think the principal punished her much more than this call because he knew how upset she was, um, but we didn't get mad at the principal. He just did what he had to do, but the point is that I'm making here is, you know, I was not perfect as a child. My, my kids were not perfect. Uh, none of us are, right? Okay, so, so sometimes it's better not to just protect our kids all the time, but kind of let them deal with consequences. All right? Okay, still with me? All right. And when we, we discipline and punish our kids, uh, when they make mistakes, it, it's teaching them. It's helping to mold them and shape them into the children we want them to be. Okay, now we also need to be wise about when to discipline, okay? Discipline should never be used for, for childish irresponsibility, okay? But it's for willful disobedience, okay? Willful disobedience is rebellion. And when you tell your kid to do something and, and they look you in the eye and, and they say, no, I'm not doing that, or, or they melt down in some kind of tantrum, you know, they're trying to challenge your authority, and if, you th if they throw a tantrum, you know, don't give into it, don't reward it, meet it head on. Um, so some kids are really direct about defiance. There's some kids that are more subtle about it, right? You, maybe you tell your kids to do something and there's that eye roll, right? Or, or just those little comments or, okay, fine, I, I, I always clean everything in this house, but I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, you know, just those little things like that, you know, we've got to make sure that we're not just letting those things go. 
And this is so important in how we handle this because what they're learning at home, when, that's how, what they're going to do when they go out in, into the world, outside the home, at school or whatever. When a child talks back to a teacher, shows them disrespect, that starts in the home. Okay, now we need to sort out some of the kind of the willful disobedience from just being a kid kind of stuff. Okay, having childish irresponsibility. Some kids are, you know, sometimes kids are just being kids. They leave their bike out in the rain or they're running all over the house and, and something breaks, but they just have lots of energy. Um, they spill a glass of milk or they, they forget to flush the toilet or, or whatever. You know, the kids are kids, okay? Sometimes they're loud, sometimes they're, they're messy, uh, they're clumsy. Um, but, you know, some of these things are teaching moments. And, but unless it's just willfully, you've already talked about this ten times, the kind of thing, and they're just doing it anyway, um, then you just need to kind of separate that out. Okay, this is just a kid being a kid. Proverbs 13, 24 says in, in the message version, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. And this is a hard concept for a lot of parents. It seems like love and, and discipline don't go together. Okay, they, they work really hard to protect their child from any unpleasantness. And, and so they don't do anything when a child misbehaves. They warn a lot, but they usually don't follow through. And so if you love your child, you will discipline them out of that love. Now we also need to remember, do not discipline out of anger. Okay, this is not about getting mad at your child and, and, and flying off the handle at them. This, is about, this isn't about anger or frustration or anything that is abusive in any way, because that happens too. Um, and if you do discipline them or go off the handle at your kids out of anger, you need to go back and talk to them and say, hey, I didn't handle that right. Okay, we need to teach them that side of it too. All right, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. If you need to take a few deep breaths and, and step away and, and calm yourself for a few moments, you know, before you overreact, do that. Step away for a minute. And then firmly and lovingly take care of it. And then I, I want to point out that it, we need to do the hard thing now and you'll see the results later. Okay, Proverbs has a, a lot to say about discipline. Proverbs 29.17 says, Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Okay, and some of you are thinking, man, there's no peace in our house right now. It's a war zone half the time, and, and, and there is no perfect house. But, but the way you discipline your child now can have a big impact later. Okay? Dr. Stanley Coopersmith, when he was the associate professor of psychology at the University of California, studied more than 1,700 middle-class boys and their families, and beginning in the, the pre-adolescent period, and he followed them through to young adulthood. And of all the different characteristics of child-rearing, that distinguished them, discipline was ranked at the very top. Okay, the most successful children were well-disciplined and had strong levels of accountability. They also discovered that the families with strong discipline, not oppressive discipline, mind you, but firm discipline, were, they were also the families that, that remained the closest over the years. Okay, they were actually more free of conflict. And I think that's important to notice because I, I think so many parents today are afraid to set rules and enforce them because uh, they're afraid they're going to turn their kids away. And they're afraid their, their child won't like them. It's as if the child's potential reaction 
has the parents kind of in emotionally hostage. But please listen to me that on this. Your job as a parent is not for your child to always like you, okay? Your job is for them to always respect you and, and learn to respect others. Your job is, is not to be their best friend, especially when the younger they are. Later on, maybe that can change, that develop into more of a friendship, but not in the younger years. And then be wise about how you discipline. Okay, there, there are a lot of ways to discipline a child, and, and I think you have to find what really works with each child. And I also think you need to be sure that the punishment fits the crime. Okay, um, you know, you can use timeouts and you can take away privileges, but I also think that we can't overlook the importance of physical discipline. Okay, and I know some of you will disagree with that, and it's kind of divided people into two camps. You have kind of the spanking parents and the non-spanking parents, and, and we have both camps here, and that's okay. Um, Proverbs does have several verses uh, about physical discipline, and, and uh, yes, I think they're often taken out of context. Some have kind of used it to say, I'm going to just beat the bat out of my kid, and I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's what it's about. Um, I do think the overall principle at stake is that our children need to be corrected. Okay, and, and we are harming them if we fail to do that. But here are Dan's thoughts. Um, first of all, physical discipline should be the exception, not the rule. Um, Bill Cosby used to have a routine he would go into um, where the, his kids would take showers after they ate supper at night, and then they were supposed to get ready for bed. And there were always fights, and the kids going back and forth, and, and, and every night would end up with his wife declaring, let the beatings begin. <laughs> Do you remember that old Bill Cosby? Oh, can I not talk about Bill Cosby anymore? Uh, he was funny, okay? But, yeah. Oh. So it's really not about that, though. You know, it's funny, but it's not about beating your children, okay? And, and there, there's a definite line that you can cross between abuse and discipline. And like I said earlier, that, this should never be out of anger. This isn't about how you take out your frustrations on your child because you're so mad at them. But I do believe there's a time and place for physical discipline. And it's ultimately about addressing behavior in a very clear and direct way that they know it's wrong, okay? To lie or, or to cheat or to steal or whatever it is. And so, we, so they don't keep repeating these actions. And you want them to become people who don't want to engage in these behaviors down the road. And so you want to appeal to their conscience, and, and you want to help develop their conscience. You don't want to just make them behave. You want them to understand why they need to behave. And so it's very important that there's a lot of talking that goes along with this. Now, this is why this happened. And, and let's, what can we do to, for this not to happen again? One more thing, men. <clears throat> discipline is not just for moms, okay? Dads, you need to be part of this as well. Don't just check out. Don't just try to be the good guy. Um, to be honest, Holly was better at this than I was, and so I had to work on it. Um, Olivia especially had a way of getting kind of what she wanted out of me. And I remember one time we were going to the mall in the town we lived in, and at the mall they had a carousel, and it cost a dollar to ride the carousel. And uh, money was tight at that time, and... So before we left, we, we told the kids, we're not going to ride the carousel this time, okay? And so don't even ask when we get there. And Olivia got in my lap, and she was two or three years old, I, f I forget, but um, 
she got right by my face and, and squeezed my cheeks and said, Daddy, can I pretty please wide the carousel? <laughs> Just once. And uh, I looked at her with my sternest face and said, Olivia, yes, but only once. <laughs> I was a rock. <laughs> so not a very good lesson that I taught her that time, but and she was cute. Man, <laughs> it's hard. So when it came to discipline, I had to be very careful that I would follow through with discipline of my kids because it wasn't my natural tendency, uh, but I knew how important it was, so uh, I did it. And so it's important that you, you do this together, and, and you need to try and get on the same page in regards to how you're going to discipline if it's a two-parent house, and, and, and that can be hard, okay? Talk about it ahead of time. Get plan figured out. Now let me talk to everyone here for a minute. If you've checked out because you're thinking, oh, this is just for parents. Um, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, adults in general. Let me ask you guys, what do you do, or what do people see when you're interacting with others out in, in public? You know, how do you treat waitresses when, when she committed the ultimate sin of not bringing you the straw you asked for? Ooh, that makes me so mad. Yeah, I mean, come on, really? Um, you know, how do you treat or, or talk about policemen? How, how do you talk with teachers when there's something that you need to you know, confront or whatever? How do you talk to coaches? Okay, do, you t do you treat everyone with honor and respect? Okay, I think all of us have to be asking those questions uh, because there are people watching us. Okay, whether it's little kids who are just, you know, impressionable or, or people who know you're a Christian and, and then they see your, you, you say, oh, you go to church and, and then you yell at somebody because they didn't bring you a straw. Uh, I think we all need to be careful about what our example looks like and in, in how we honor and respect others. Um, you know, our, our kids, they need to see good examples from all of us. You know, watch an NBA game right now, and, and all they do is whine and complain. H have you noticed this lately? Okay, so uh, a guy comes and, and shoots a shot, and... He goes up, and, and they very t barely touch him. He goes flying, okay, so they call foul. Okay, so the defense guy's, what? no, what? what are you talking about? Okay, same situation. He goes up, same thing. They don't call foul. The guy's sh guy shooting. Well, come on, he fouled me. Every, you know, it's all, every play, there's somebody whining. It's like, come on, you whiny buckets, just play. Good grief. Um, one time I was coaching baseball, uh, and I had a, an assistant coach, but there was another dad who just decided, uh, I want to help, and so he just started showing up at practices, and quickly found out that he was very negative, and he would yell at the kids, and, and uh, his son was a pitcher pretty good, but his dad would yell at him, and he would, you know, just wilt, because it how negative his dad was, and, and uh, when in the games, he's yelling at the kids, you make an error, he's yelling at them. So about the second game of the season, I just said, Bill, appreciate you wanting to help. If you can't be positive and you can't be an encouragement to these kids, then, then you don't need to be here. 
And he said, okay. And he left, and he never came to another game of his sons the rest of the season. So um, now all the parents thanked me <laughs> that he wasn't coming. But I was thinking, man, what kind of example are you setting for these kids and for your son? And, and his son pitched so much better when his dad wasn't there. It was sad. But kids are watching to see how we handle things. And, and so we have a responsibility to set the example. And, and if we don't handle things with grace and dignity, then our kids won't either. Okay? Even we might be teaching them one thing, but we're doing another thing. But our words and our actions, they have to match up. And so let's make sure we're giving respect. Let's make sure we're, we're setting a godly example for our young people. And not just for our young people, but those around us. When it comes to parenting, here's the ultimate goal. Proverbs 22, 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Okay, we want our kids to honor and respect others and to ultimately love and follow God. So don't get me wrong. Parenting is hard. It really is. If you're in the midst of it now, you know that. And there's going to be days when, when you just don't parent like you know you should. You just have a bad day. Uh, you're tired, you're frustrated. And I would just say, keep plugging away. Be better tomorrow. And be better the next day. And just keep plugging away. So, so hang in there, parents. You can do this. None of us are perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But this is important stuff. Okay? And all of us, okay, and I'm not just speaking to parents here, all of us, need to work on setting examples of, of what it looks like to be men and women of God and what it means to honor others and respect others and ultimately to honor and respect God. Okay? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to be here uh, every week and we're all in kind of different stages of life and uh, I pray for those first of all who are parents with kids still in the home and they're they're just kind of wading through this hard time and I just pray that you'll help them to um, to be the parents that you want them to be Lord I pray that all of us will set an example of what it it looks like to to honor and respect others and and ultimately to love and honor and respect you. God, we thank you that, that uh, um, you're patient with us and you don't give up on us. And so I, I pray that you'll just help us day by day to get up and do our very best to serve you and love you and follow you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Will you please stand as we sing. <laughs>